You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Etheridge. Well, welcome back to another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio, where I would like to say thank you again for taking time out of your day, however it may be that you listen to us. I love the fact that you invite us into your world on a regular basis as our listener because it's an honor to hear from our listeners and the way we do that is we get emails via feedback at sexymarriageradio.com where we get questions comments even some criticisms which we're okay with but the whole goal is we want to develop thick skin (laughs) that's true we want to help people experience all that sex can be in marriage because i've you know, we firmly believe that married sex is where it's really going on, where it really gets good, that it can be good and hot and heavy all in marriage. Marriage, you know, sex does not go to marriage to die. It's the other way around. Marriage and, you know, marriage and sex go hand in hand perfectly, and we want, we want everybody to experience as much as possible. The other way we want to hear from you is if you jump on iTunes. If you like what, we hear, what you hear, give us any kind of comments, feedback, five-star review if you like it, and that helps us spread the word so that we can get reach more and more people that may have trouble with this area that often can trip people up and they don't feel like they have places to turn. Well, now you do. Sexy Marriage Radio. So, Shannon, it's great to see you again. Thank you. Well, you can't see me, but hopefully it's great to hear me again. I'm glad you can't see me because I'm sitting here in my robe and my ball cap. I love that I can report for work like this. <laughs> <laughs> I love my job. I love that about my job. You know what else I love about my job? I love that we can jump into the saddle and gallop at breakneck speed in certain directions. True. And Directions where most talk show hosts fear to tread. And today we're going to gallop in a unique direction. And <laughs> my encouragement to everyone is just to, um, yeah, jump in the saddle with us. And the the stirrups that you need to put your feet in are going to be a little bit more comfortable than uh, than what you normally might have to do to be able to talk to the type of professional we're going to be talking okay, to. Okay, I see what you're doing now. <laughs> I catch the trick. Okay. Yeah, whenever you hear the letters, whenever a woman hears the letters O-B-G-Y-N, she immediately feels really cold and envisions those stirrups that she has to put her feet into (laughs) and that specula that is just so overwhelming. But the reality is, is feminine health and hygiene are so vitally important uh, not just to her life, but to her, to the life of her marriage. We have to take care of these regions, ladies. And I'm delighted to have someone on the show today who can really give us a lot more wisdom and insight than you or I are capable of providing, Corey. <laughs> True. Uh, Dr. Carol Tanksley is someone that I actually have a little bit of a history with. No, she's not my personal OBGYN, but she is a talk show host. She has her own talk show, and she and I did a radio interview recently on my book, The Passion Principles. And so I was absolutely delighted when she, in turn, reached out to me and offered her services because we had been racking our brain going, who can we interview? Because we feel as if we've given a significant amount of time to men and the men's issues, especially with the interview with Dr. Doug Rosenau. And we thought that it would only be fair to turn those tables and to give uh, to give due attention to the females, because we do get a lot of questions from women about female health. So Dr. Yes. Carol, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. And thank you so much for responding. I'm really honored to be here. And we'll put some warm footsies on the stirrups and we'll heat up the speculum and make this as pleasant and comfortable as we can. We'll use good lube, huh? <laughs> well, 
questions that has come across most recently that kind of bewilders both of us. We Neither of us in our respective marriages have any um, personal experience with this, but we acknowledge that it's probably a very, very real problem in a significant number of women's lives based on the number of emails that we've gotten. Talk to us about vaginismus. Oh, ouch. First, before we talk about vaginismus per se, let me say that anytime pain is involved, it's a major turnoff to a woman. Her genital regions and her brain are so interconnected. Shannon, I've heard you comment on the show when I have been able to listen that a big part of sexuality in marriage starts in the brain, and it is so true. Perhaps, Corey, maybe you can answer this more than, than Shannon or I can. It, it probably is true for men, too, but especially for women. And when I see women uh, as, a, as a doctor, as an OBGYN doctor, and there's pain involved with sex, how difficult that becomes. And it's just a major turnoff. So anything that we can do to take the pain away changes the whole equation dramatically. And a woman's emotional response, her relationship response, even her spirituality can totally change if we can take the physical pain out of the equation. Um, and that gets into the area of vaginismus. Vaginismus is an involuntary response in the pelvic muscles that partially or totally actually close off the vagina and make penetration either difficult or sadly sometimes even impossible. And there are many couples out there who have been living together for long periods of time but have not been able to enjoy intercourse, perhaps have not even been able to consummate marriage because of the painful involuntary muscle spasms that the wife experiences when they attempt intimacy. And it can be so damaging both to her self-esteem, to the marriage mm -hmm. relationship, and it's, it's just one of those big ouchies. And so what types of, of help should she pursue? I assume that this is reason to go running into her OBGYN's office, correct? It certainly is. And this is one of those times when both the mind aspects and the physical aspects need to be brought together. It's very tough to get true numbers to say how many of these women have had some trauma related to sex in the past, but we know that probably a majority of them had. Maybe that was an unwanted sexual encounter as a child. Maybe that was being raped. Maybe that was first intercourse that was painful. Their body therefore always connects pain with with sex if you can imagine being poked in the eye all of us have had some kind of painful experience like that you're automatically going to shy away from having that pain again your eye is going to close for example same thing with a woman's body if there's some part of her nervous system that believes pain is going to result those muscles will automatically spasm to try to prevent more of that pain it's a natural normal protective response mm -hmm. there's two and parts. So I, please go ahead there's two parts to getting over that and we can't ignore the mental part first because so many of these women have had some anxiety or trauma related to sex that's an important place to consider first and i know shannon your uh, your workshops women at the well uh, how wonderful a place where women can get some healing from some of the spiritual and emotional aspects that sex may have included in their past. 
And if you are listening right now and you're a woman who has experienced sexual trauma and you're experiencing pain with intercourse now, perhaps vaginismus, don't neglect dealing with that trauma and that pain because it has to start with some healing in your mind and then we can also address the healing in your body. Yeah, I'm so glad that you differentiated between those two types of pain because we actually had a woman at a, a, a workshop last fall who explained that she and her husband had a great sex life for many, many years, but then he was deployed. And when he came back, she discovered that he brought back an STD from having an encounter with someone overseas. And she said vaginismus set in at that point. And I asked her, do you think that it's because you're afraid of contracting this STD. And she hadn't really considered that that was the reason behind her physically shutting down, that it could be as much of a mental thing as it is a physical thing. So you're saying that it's often not either or, it's both, it's mental and it's physical. Absolutely. We know there are times when patients who are uncomfortable with contraception are afraid of getting pregnant and that will be the trigger. It may be anxiety not knowing for sure is your husband being faithful to you. Those kinds of anxieties. A wide variety of possibilities. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and this is just one ex example of how a woman's sexual response is so interconnected. Mm. If you don't address the mental, emotional relationship aspects, any physical treatment will only go so far. There are wonderful things we can do to help women physically but we've got to remember that the anxiety, the relationship, the fear, even the spiritual, oh no, that's bad, even that could be a trigger. So we can't ignore that part of it. Right. Yeah, those childhood tapes that play over and over in your mind that make you wonder, is this even right for me to enjoy this? That can be enough to trigger her shutting down sexually. And so that kind of leads us to the next point. I suspect that there may also be a similar uh, dynamic behind it of it being both mental and physical. Women who say that they just aren't able to get lubricated naturally. And this isn't a matter of they're in their 50s and they're going through menopause. This is a matter of they're in their 20s or 30s wondering, I didn't think I was supposed to have a problem with this issue just yet. Is that also a mental issue? Absolutely. That is so true. Uh, their mental tapes, oh, this is bad, conflict with their desire to be intimate. And their nervous system just does a double take and can't sort that out. So any of those messages, any of those undealt with fears, anxiety, spiritual, relational, all of that can impact a woman's ability to feel aroused, to lubricate, to respond in the physical ways. You mentioned vaginismus, and I just want to take a moment to talk about how successful treatment can be. It can be very private. It can be very successful. Over 90% of women can be successfully treated and come to the place where they can enjoy pleasurable, pain-free intercourse. One of the easiest first first things to begin with is Hegel exercises. One of the underlying issues that women with vaginismus, their nervous system is experiencing is a lack of control. Kegel exercises allow that woman to feel that she can control her own body again. Just realizing where those muscles are, being able to squeeze those muscles, relax those muscles, gives her a sense of a certain amount of control over her body. Once she's comfortable with Kegel exercises. And I would then, think that, that that issue of control is vital. 
incredibly vital. If she has any fear that intercourse is going to cause pain and that that fear can be um, a previous domestic violence unrelated to sex, for example, mm-hmm. or maybe there have been some unresolved uh, violence issues in a current relationship, whatever that fear is, those muscles are going to, to clamp down, create pain and and make intercourse impossible, perhaps. And so starting privately. And I think about. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Anything that we can do to increase a woman's sense that I have a choice here. I can control this. If it if there's pain, I can stop. I don't have to hurt. Her whole nervous system can be retrained. And that's the goal of the physical aspects of, of treatment here is helping a woman create new nervous pathways related to sex. Kegel exercises can be a great place to start. And then once she's comfortable contracting and relaxing those muscles at the opening to the vagina, start with self-insertion. A finger is very easy. Use some lubrication, do it in the tub or in the shower where there's natural water lubricating if you choose. And as you control your own finger and your own body, just insert your finger a little bit and, oh my, that doesn't hurt. Your brain can start getting new messages related to sensations in that part of your body. Those muscles can start to relax. And it's easier. Go ahead. And it's easier to trust yourself than to start out by trying to trust someone else because you know that you control the rate of insertion, the the extent of the insertion, et cetera, et cetera. It's because I know that are, there are a lot of women right now who are hearing us talk about this and go, oh, masturbation, no, it, we're not talking about masturbation necessarily. We're talking about getting comfortable with your own body and giving yourself that needed control in order that will allow you to relax. Correct. This... Masturbation is a totally different subject. That's that's not the issue that we're talking about right now at all. We're talking about retraining your nervous system eventually, perhaps, with a goal of intimacy, but you don't even have to tell yourself that right now. You're retraining those messages in your brain. And eventually, you can insert one figure all the way. Then start with a second. Mm-hmm. By the time you can get to two or three fingers... And I understand and- there are also... Dilators, yes. Yes. In fact, there, there is a website that uh, some women may find helpful. I believe it's vaginismus.com, and they have a whole training program that you can purchase if you choose. It includes lubrication and dilators and so on, and that can be successful. That can be very useful. You can, but you can also do it on your own without that. You can either use dilators or use your own fingers, either way. Yeah. And it makes me wonder, you know, why did God wire the human body in such a way that she actually could control what her vagina does just by her own thoughts? But I think that that's a gift from God. I I think that when you don't feel safe in a relationship and you don't want to give your whole self to that relationship, especially your sexual self, that you have the ability to literally shut down but to also meditate on the notion that God doesn't intend it to be that way in a safe marriage relationship, that God also wired us to be able to relax and receive and enjoy that pleasure. So I love how much hope that you give women just in the the explanations that you have, that this is actually normal based on her life experiences and that there are things that she can do to overcome that hurdle that she can feel very safe doing. Um, the next question that I want to toss out to you, Dr. Carol, is what about anorgasmia? 
on a rare occasion, we actually hear from a couple who says that after years of marriage and years of practice, that they honestly believe that maybe she simply is incapable of experiencing orgasm. Do you believe that that is the case in a certain percentage of women? Or is this simply as she hasn't learned to ride the bicycle yet? I think perhaps there's a very small percentage of women where there may be some neurological issues involved. I think the vast majority of the time, again, the combination between mental, emotional, relational, and physical. For example, sometimes there may be medications a woman is taking that may affect her ability to fully respond sexually, including orgasms. Sometimes there may be some hormonal issues, thyroid disorder, a nutritional deficiency. So whether it's pain with intercourse, whether it's libido after menopause, or whether it's an inability to achieve orgasm with intercourse, addressing some of those underlying physical issues is always a good place to start uh, if you haven't already, because there are sometimes medical things that can make a difference. Um, same principles as we talked about with pain with intercourse apply here as well, though, the anxiety and fear in relationships, the messages, is this something God wants me to enjoy? All those tapes, if you've addressed all of those, medical, physical, emotional, and spiritual, there may be a very small percentage of women who have a neurological uh, block there, but I think that's a very small minority. The One of the clients that I interacted with who struggled with this, when I unpacked a little bit of her family history, uh, what I learned is that her parents were really just totally silent about all things sexual. So it wasn't a matter of her parents had instilled negative sexual messages. They just didn't instill any sexual message at all. But she had an older sister who became quite promiscuous, got pregnant outside of marriage, had an abortion. You know, just She saw that sex had really wreaked havoc on her sister's life. And I believe that her mental response to the idea of sexual intimacy was, I don't want any part of that because of the pain from watching her sister uh, derive so much pain from her own sexuality. Do you think that even that of just feeling pain uh, vicariously through someone else could be responsible enough for making a woman shut down sexually? I think so. And think about all the messages we hear in media uh, you know, rape used as control, even if it's not mm -hmm. in your front door, it, even if it's across town or across the world, you hear sexual trauma in big stories regularly, whether it's close to home or anywhere, those kinds of experiences, messages, thoughts, fears certainly can shut a woman down. Interesting. So sometimes the anxiety may not even be inside you or your own relationship. Sometimes it's that you're taking on the anxiety that's out there in the rest of the world. Right. I believe that, that, that there are times that's true. And what a better picture for how God, the gift God gives us to address those things than when a husband and wife can put all that aside and fully be present to each other and enjoy complete abandon with intimacy together. That is the ideal. One thing I believe is a picture of uh, the closeness we have with Christ that he makes available to us is that sexual union. And what bigger place has the enemy tried to destroy, create enormous havoc in people's lives ever since the world began than the area of sex? So what uh, Shannon and Corey, what you are doing here to point to the positive uh, aspects of this in marriage that God makes available, I think it's tremendous. 
Well, we we believe so too. We'll we'll just break <laughs> our arms, patting our you. own selves on the back too. But, you know, Carol. Yeah, I'm so. I my blood pressure is like out the roof right now to encounter another female who's who consider her considers herself a pioneer in this field because there's just not enough women talking so openly and bluntly about all these things that are so vitally important. It reminds me of how used to women gathered under their red tents or they you know gathered around their quilting circle or whatever, and this is what they talked about. But women have lost connection with one another about all things sexual and now it's you know sometimes they forget to ask these questions when they go in for their annual exam but I do think that women are wired to be naturally empathetic uh, empathy is a strong suit in women and sometimes we do channel so much of that empathy out there into the rest of the world or the other people's plights that we forget how important keeping the home fires burning is. And for us to also have empathy with the fact that we have a marriage partner who is, you know, very interested in having a healthy sense of their own sexuality and that we're the partner that we're the only partner they can have this with. So I'm so glad that we're having this conversation. <laughs> Well, I, Corey, I have to, I have I'm to add, you chime in yeah. I can tell that you're just like bubbling over. <laughs> no, I, I have to add just the, the, the one thing I'm loving. I mean, is the concept of if you look at it through the, the lens I'm, I got going in my head that there's so much damage and trauma and, and anxiety surrounding sex in, in people's lives. I mean, this goes into the idea that if you could heal the sexual wounds of, of God's people, you could heal God's people. I mean, that's, that's a great goal. But I also can see it as, okay, you got all this damage that could possibly occur in this area, the, the baggage that we carry. But one of the paths through healing or to healing is actually going through this area again with somebody else that really has your interest in mind, that is tender and inviting and present and loving and caring, and that you can actually through the process, because that's the one thing I'm, I'm getting from you, Dr. Carroll, is, yeah, there's physical manifestations of what's going on, but it's not just that simple. It's not just, okay, you just need to learn to you know, your, your vagina just needs to be stretched. No, there's more to it than that. It's, it's, you have to rewire your brain. You have to relax. You have to change your self-talk. You have to be more open to your spouse. I mean, there's all kinds of things that make it up. And I love the fact that even when there's a problem, one of the paths that could help create healing is having sex, is, is being intimate with your with your spouse which can increase the depth of your connection think of a woman who has been traumatized sexually whether it was involved some of her own choice or not and now she is able to come to the place where she can experience safe intimacy with her spouse emotionally and physically up to and including intercourse what kind of healing can that do to her soul? Right. I believe that's God's intention mm -hmm. here. I really do. Right. Amen. Amen. Carol, what kind of advice do you have for the spouses who are listening to the show and they're thinking, aha, okay, I recognize that my wife, you know, probably deals with some of these issues to a certain degree. What kind of advice do you have for the spouse to just be as supportive and patient and, and, and helpful as possible? Oh, thank you for asking that, Shannon. That is a wonderful question. First, help your spouse get a medical evaluation if she hasn't. Maybe there's endometriosis. Maybe there's some kind of vaginitis going on. Maybe there's vaginismus or maybe there's a hormone problem. Help your spouse get a medical evaluation. And then 
talk with your spouse about any way that you can help her feel a better sense of control. Maybe if you haven't tried with her on top, give her that choice where she has an increased measure of how deep, how far, how long, how much movement. Let her take that measure of control and that may make a huge difference in how safe and pleasurable it feels to her. And then, and, and I would think that in heart. that moment, it is so vitally important for him to lay still, lay still, don't thrust, give her total control until and unless she's ready for you to. Like, absolutely. Uh, just take that role of serving your wife, uh, be aroused, be present for her in every way that give her that complete control until she's ready for you to do more. Mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, hold her heart gently. There may be times when you want to be intimate that she just can't right now. Uh, honor that with her. And, and I guess the best mental picture I can say is hold her soul gently and bring her before God as the man of the house. Pray for her and with her in that healing. I believe God can use that to bring healing to couples and to women in all these ways. I do too. And I really want to encourage men to pray with her and for her, not at her. There's oh, a big yes. difference. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. That's a good clarification. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't beat her over the head with your version of scripture and how she's supposed to be submitting to your needs. Uh, yeah, I love the notion of hold her heart before you hold her body. Make love to her mind before you try to make love to her body. Make her feel safe. And I think that for all of us women who are hearing this conversation and thinking, wow, we're, we're so lucky that we don't wrestle with some of these issues to this degree, that we need to really just hug our husbands and just thank them for yes. being such safe partners that we can experience that kind of freedom with. We don't realize what a gift it is until we learn about people who don't have that type of gift. Uh, but I do believe that men can be can become more aware of what they can do to be that safe place for her to land, literally, uh, even physically. Talk to us, Dr. Carroll, about what women can do as they're aging. I know that there's a lot of talk about you know, when, mon when menopause hits and the hot flashes are going crazy and her vaginal lubrication does begin to dry up a little bit and the walls of her vagina do begin to, to thin out, what are things that she can do to just try to maintain as much sexual vibrancy as possible for as long as possible? I think women can remain sexually vibrant, men too, all through life. Um, after menopause, it may take longer to be aroused. So talk with your partner. You both may need to do a little longer foreplay to uh, be able to enjoy. Get a medical evaluation again. Sometimes there are um, uh, hormone issues unrelated to estrogen that can be helped. You know, thyroid vitamins, um, infections, and so on. But do bring up the topic of uh, vaginal estrogen treatment. There are very simple, relatively safe, natural estradiol creams that can make an enormous difference in the ability of the vagina to be elastic, to get blood supply, to lubricate. So if sex starts to feel like sandpaper, uh, get some help for that. There are definitely things that can help. This is another time also when we need to remember the mind-body-soul uh, connection. Some women around this time of life feel extra stress. They're fatigued. They have worried about relationship problems. Their life is looking like they're getting older and they may not be thrilled about that. All those aspects as well can impact 
a woman's ability to be interested and to respond. So don't neglect any of those aspects as you're getting older. Okay, and talk to us about the importance of regular exams and what are some questions or just things that they need to be sure and alert their doctor to. I, I think that some women go into a doctor's office and they feel as if it's the doctor's responsibility to tell them if anything is wrong. And so maybe maybe they'll speak up if they have a major pain somewhere, but unless they're experiencing pain, they don't speak up about these sexual issues that could be impacting their life and their marriage life. So Tell us about the conversations that they should be having, that every OBGYN should totally expect to have with their patient, that it shouldn't be awkward for them at all. So help us to get over our awkwardness. And some OBGYNs now are learning to ask. But if your doctor doesn't, if you have pain with intercourse, ask. If you have pain with your periods, ask. If you are having trouble with lubrication, if you have unusual discharge, if something just doesn't feel like it did before, ask. There very well may be some medical things that can improve your ability to respond sexually and your enjoyment with intercourse. And I just want to legitimize for the women out there that if your sexual life is not where you would like it, ask your OBGYN's input. That may not be the total story, but ask. There are so often things that can be done to help. Absolutely. Dr. Carroll, how can they find your show? And tell us about any other resources that you highly recommend for our, for our audience to check out. Oh, thanks for asking. DrCarrollShow.com. D-R-C-A-R-O-L-S-H-O-W.com. Uh, our homepage right now is our blog. And I can tell you that the number one topic that we get responses on has to do with sexuality whether men and women are on different pages with how often they want to have sex or enjoying sex after menopause. We had a recent article on that topic and got a great response. Uh, we deal with some of the relationship issues in marriage as well as some healthy lifestyle and, and spiritual growth issues. There's a whole archives of our radio show there. If you just click on the archives tab at the top, and I just want to invite people to put in their email address and subscribe, and you'll get regular updates from us, drcarolshow.com. Awesome. I love awesome. how you're I love how you're not containing your practice to just your office. I love how you're putting yourself out there with the website, with the show, with your blog, to where you're making yourself very approachable and very available. I, just thank you, thank you, thank you for all the years of training and education that you went through to be able to minister to people in such a way. I do believe that being this type of a doctor especially is a huge ministry. Also just want to say thanks for the shout out, Dr. Carol, for Women at the Well workshops. And the dates coming up are March 29th through April 1st or April 26th through the 29th. And we'll be posting summer dates and fall dates soon. But Dr. Carol, thank you so much for carving the time out of your busy practice Mm -hmm. to be with us today. What a wealth of information. Well, thank you. And we've got a book coming out, Live Healthy, Live Whole, especially for women. If you come and sign up with your email address, you'll get some special offers on that coming up awesome. in just the next few weeks. Awesome. Well, I'm so glad you mentioned that. Thanks for joining us. And thank you. It's been an honor. Well, Shannon, this has been interesting as a guy. We, we, we galloped. <laughs> We galloped we did. with feet in the stirrups, and we didn't even hurt your man parts, did we? Um, hey. I think galloping usually hurts man it, parts, it, but I, I, I think this is pretty approachable for men. Yeah, I don't even know what to do with that other than say, hey, thanks for taking <laughs> some time out of your day to listen to Sexy Marriage Radio. 
I really hope that this has helped because I know we get a lot of emails on this and this is something that could be really beneficial. So yeah. if there's something else, send us an email. Feedback, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. See you next time. God bless you guys. <laughs>